Edutainment Learning is powered by Academica Virtual Education and Collegia TV. For more information, visit www.edutainmentlearning.com. So my name is Jen Drummond. I'm a mother of seven, an entrepreneur, a world record holding mountaineer. And I got into mountain climbing because I live in the mountains. So they kind of enticed me. And then that goal just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And here we are today. That is very cool. And again, congratulations on your book. And guys, check out jendrummond.com. We'll have it in the chat in a second. We'll also have it in the video here. Do you mind if we just jump straight into some student questions that have been emailed to me already? Let's do um, it. One of the kids wanted to know what inspired you to start mountaineering and what motivates you to continue despite the challenges when you're mountaineering? Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's this sense of satisfaction. The fun thing about mountaineering is you have a summit you know where the top is and you have the journey to the top. And when you start coming back down the mountain, you just feel so confident and so proud of what you're able to achieve, overcome, and it gets you addicted to that feeling and you want to keep climbing. My kids like to climb. So it's really fun to take them. I'm actually going to Africa in February to take them to climb Kilimanjaro with me. So my three oldest are going to go do that. So when your kids are into the hobby as well, it's just fun to do it together as a family. That's so exciting. Um, one of our kids, they want to know, could you kind of describe your training routine and how do you prepare uh, physically and mentally for your climbs? Yeah. Okay. So guys, get this. Most people who do not summit Mount Everest do not summit because of the mental game not the physical game. Isn't that crazy? Like you would think they physically couldn't do it, but it's the mental game. I had a guy on my team who had done five Ironmans in a row. Look up an Ironman. They're like grueling races. Did five of them in a row and quit on Mount Everest two hours from the summit. And it was just, he didn't know he was going to be after he summited Mount Everest. He put all of his energy into wanting to climb it. He didn't think about what it meant like once he became a summiter of that. So when you're setting goals, not only think about achieving the goal, think about your life after the goal and what that looks like and what that's going to mean for you. Um, did I answer that question? Or So physically, I did a lot of Stairmasters, okay? Like boring stuff, but it's a way to get it done fast. Anytime I went to a mall or a place that had a parking garage or if I stayed at a hotel, I would make sure that I ran the stairs at least once. And I kind of made it a joke of how many sets of stairs I could do in different towns. Because when you're climbing, you're going vertical. So the more that you can do vertical type training in your everyday life, the better prepared you are for the mountain. Can you talk, uh, one of the kids wanted to know what was the biggest challenge you, you ever faced when you were mountaineering and how did you deal with it? Oh, well, I have a horrible story along that line. Um, we were on K2. So K2 is one of the deadliest mountains in the world. And I was a day ahead of my team because there actually wasn't enough campsites for all of us to sleep in the same spot because the mountain is so triangular that there's not a lot of places to put tents. When I was on the climb, I got a radio call on my radio and you have 15 minutes to call back down to base camp. And then I got another call and another call and another call. I got four calls within five minutes. 
So as you can imagine, my brain was running a million miles a minute of what's going on, what's wrong. And I stopped, I hand the radio to my porters and we found out the tragic news that one of our teammates was caught in an avalanche and he didn't make it. Another teammate that was climbing with him broke his leg because of the avalanche. And the third teammate that was with them was stuck. And they actually couldn't send a helicopter to rescue that third person until eight hours later when the sun was down more. Because if the helicopter came at that time, the friction of the blades in that like would trigger another avalanche. So having to bury a friend on the mountain was a horrible experience and just reminded me of how lucky we are to live this life and do things that we love. That's unimaginable. And um, you guys definitely check out jendrummond.com if you want to learn more. And um, congratulations on your on your book. And uh, thank you for sharing that story with us. Um, one of our kids wanted to know, uh, out of all of your expeditions, which one is your favorite expedition and why? Yeah. You know, it's funny. What makes the expedition magical is the people you're climbing with. The scenes are beautiful. The, the the quietness is amazing once you get used to it. But the teammates that you get to climb with are what makes the journey worthwhile. So when you're pursuing your pursuits, always think about who you're with and are you enjoying your company? Because that's going to make any hardship easier and any celebration that much brighter. So I climbed with um, really great people when I climbed Mount Tyree, which is the second highest point in Antarctica. We were a team of five. Everybody was really skilled, knew what they were doing, had a great sense of humor. Um, so we climbed that together and that's still my favorite climb. And speaking of Antarctica, we have a guest from Antarctica doing an edutainment on February 14th. So we're excited to stay along with that trajectory. Um, one of our kids wanted to know who uh, who are your role models? Uh, growing up and, and and how how do they influence you? Yeah, um, my grandma actually was one of my role models. Uh, she was a beauty queen back in the day and played basketball back in the day, which I know is sounds crazy to think that's cool, but that wasn't popular back then, right? Like for women to play sports or whatever. My grandma got a degree from Michigan State University in home economics which is not a common thing. Like, I don't even think you can get a home economics degree anymore, but it was about like cooking and cleaning and taking care of your home. So I thought that was just fun that she was willing to be a trendsetter and not be the normal grandma. That's that's exciting. Uh, and go Spartans. I'm from Michigan, so I'm a huge There you go. Um, so one of our kids, uh, they are wondering, how do you balance your mountaineering career and training and all other aspects of your life, like family and work and, and you're a motivational speaker and an author, like truly a renaissance in every sense of the word. How do you balance all that? You know, balance is this elusive concept that I don't think we ever truly reach. I mean, it's definitely something we strive for, but it's a constantly moving target. For me, I analyze my calendar a lot. So every month I look at it going forward and then I look at it going backward and I break time up into personal family business. 
And I always want to make sure that my family and personal time get the most attention. And then my business gets the third, like in the ranking. And sometimes that doesn't play out that way because sometimes I have big months or I'm doing an expedition. So the family time suffers. So then I'll look at it at a quarterly basis and be like, okay, now I'm leveling out. So the point is, is when you're not level and you're not living the way that you want to, that you correct it. You don't get angry with yourself. You don't get mad at yourself. You're just like, oh, wow, that's interesting. It didn't quite work out like I wanted. How can I change or shift so that it balances out the way that I want it to? Um, I also do a lot of activities. Like sometimes I'll do my training while watching my kid's soccer game. So I'm that mom on the sideline that has a backpack full of water bottles that's going up and down the, the little step while I'm watching that game so that I can be there for my son and still get fitness in. Is it the perfect fitness? Absolutely not. But it's a good compromise than just sitting there watching the game and tackling as much as I can at the same time. You are a super mom. That is incredible. There, uh, where I'm from, there's no moms who do that. So yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm that mom. I was like, ah, we don't have those moms. Um, oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, one of the kids wanted to know what are your future goals in mountaineering, and are there any specific mountains you that you're aiming to climb that you haven't already climbed? Yes, 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 yes. Okay, guys, there's this mountain in Indonesia called Sumantri that I wanna climb so bad. I actually went there, but it wasn't safe to climb. So I had to leave. Um, Sumantri is in Western Papua, the largest gold mine in the world is there. So you can imagine what that does. And there's a lot of tribesmen there that are fighting over the territory. So until that civil war ends, I'm not able to climb that mountain. Um, so that's something I'm hoping to do in the future. I love sharing the adventure. So I love taking other people to the mountains and doing an expedition with them, reading books, talking about the experiences and just processing life. So I'm doing that in February and then I'll probably do it again next fall. So that's what I'm kind of looking forward to right now. That's exciting. And we're definitely going to be following and, and please and rooting for you every, every step of the way. Um, so we'll let you go in about five minutes, but guys, if, if, yeah, keep the questions coming and we'll try and get through as many as possible. I'm getting emailed and, and messaged. Uh, but one of the kids, I, I want you as a, as a teacher to uh, speak on why is it so important? Or how do you persevere through adversity? What, what kind of advice do you have for the kids persevering through adversity? Okay. So you have to develop your toolkit before you hit the adversity. Okay. So for example, I knew I had a fear of heights and when you cross ladders on Everest, there's like a 2000 foot drop underneath your feet. So I knew my fear of heights was going to get triggered. So I had a little toolbox of like, okay, when this happens, what am I going to do? So first off, I wrote my future self a letter. So when I was in the United States at my house, I wrote myself a letter that when I'm scared, read this. And so I read that letter and it was filled with like encouraging words and things that I've been strong on before and that I could do this. I carried a picture of my kids because I know my kids are watching. So when I could pull that picture out, I'm like, okay, my kids are watching. How do I want them to handle this situation? And that gave me the courage and strength to continue. I also had a playlist, right? Like there's music that you listen to that makes you feel good and want to do things and get excited. So build yourself a playlist. So when bad things happen, you can kind of flip the script and start listening to things that encourage you. I had letters from friends and I even as silly as this sounds, the smell of oranges makes me happy. 
So I brought an essential oil that was an orange flavor and I like smelled it. And then when it was time to cross the ladder, the one thing I could do that would get me across that ladder safely was take a safe step. So I literally repeated that mantra over and over as I crossed the ladder. I'm like, safe step, safe step, safe step. And then when I finally got to the other side of the ladder, the teammates and I, we celebrated. We had a dance party. We screamed. We laughed. We did all the things. And it's just really important that when you like accomplish something that's hard for you, take a moment to acknowledge yourself and pat yourself on the back and celebrate with friends. Uh, that's that's an amazing piece of advice. And you guys can take that with you. I know some of you are going to be going to college soon or already are in college. Um, I, you know, as, as a former marathon runner, I know we talk about hitting the wall. Was there a time that you hit the wall and you, you went through and you used uh, these things? Can you talk about any specific moment? Yeah, um, you definitely hit the wall at altitude for sure. And I carry gummy bears with me. One, they're playful and fun and I love them. And I only carried red and white gummy bears because those are the only flavors that I like. And I, when I was back at home, my kids and I called the red gummy bears love and the white gummy bears courage. So anytime that I needed love or courage to continue, I just had to eat one of those gummy bears. So we used the placebo effect to get through those walls and it worked. That is uh, magical. That's wonderful. I got to use that if I get back into running, man. There gummy you go. Bear. I'm telling you, you're like, this gummy bear is going to carry me the next mile. Okay, you got it. Let's go. <laughs> so uh, the last student question, how has uh, mountaineering impacted your perspective on, perspective on life and, and personal growth? Yeah. Okay. So here's the interesting thing. When you go climb a mountain, a lot of times you don't go from base camp to the top. I thought you did. I thought you just started at the bottom and it took you a long time to get to the top. But actually you do these things called acclimatization rotations. So you're going to go up the mountain to a point of failure. Okay. So a point where your body cannot operate anymore because there's not enough oxygen. And then you're going to stay at that point of failure as long as you safely can. And then you're going to head back down to base camp. And when you go back down to base camp over the next three days, your body physiologically changes. So it produces more red blood cells and only knows to produce more red blood cells because you hit that point of failure on the mountain the day before. Now that you have these more red blood cells, when you go to climb the mountain the next day, you can actually go up the mountain higher because your body's better prepared and has changed to adapt to the situation. And so when you guys are chasing goals or doing things, like if you hit a point of failure, Come home, go to the boardroom, go to base camp, go to your office and sit with yourself and be like, what did I learn? What do I know now? What can I do to better prepare to go higher up my mountain and understand that acclimatizing is actually part of the process. It's not a signal to stop. You are wise. You're like Yoda. <laughs> so um before we let you go i always ask this of all the gatsby before uh we end the meeting for all but is there any advice that you could give to these kids i know you've given tons of advice already but any advice to them as they go on to the next step in their lives yeah you know it is so easy to just follow the crowd but i'm going to encourage you to really listen to what internally calls you i was in finance i was a mom of seven kids I had this itch to climb mountains. It made no sense to anybody. And in fact, when I talked to people about it, they called me selfish. 
Like, I can't believe you do that. You have kids, you have a business. Like, why do you need this climbing thing? And it was hard, but I'm like, there's something inside of me that wants to do this and likes this. So I had the courage to continue to do it. I'm going to tell you something. I went on a climb and I got a phone call before I left for this climb. And it was from a lady in Pakistan. And she wanted to climb her mountain in her country, but didn't have the resources to do it. I'm like, you know what? I have resources. I can help. So I went to go climb that mountain and I became the third American female on its summit. 30 minutes later, she became the first Pakistani female on her country's prized peak. She became the first Muslim female on that country's prized peak. And it's one of those things like, really, was that a selfish pursuit? I did something I loved and look how I could help and impact another culture and another person. I promise you, whatever is calling you internally, that's for you. That's something special and unique to you that you get the joy of carrying out in this life. And I hope you have the courage to do it. Jen, you are amazing. And thank you so much for not listening to those naysayers. And you are an absolute world changer. And we can't thank you enough for spending time with us today. And before I let you go, before I end the meeting for all, I'm going to allow everyone to unmute. And can we all say thank you to Jen Drummond for taking the time to speak to you guys today? Thank you so much, Jen. Thank you. 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 Thank you.